If you're listening to this and you want to help us plant 1,000 trees with Gardopia Gardens, then go to the podcast page on kinyo.org. So, it's Kinyo. Um, This time I'm in Corpus Christi, and I'm with Sean... Flanagan. Um, I'll try to do an intro. Your uncle to be, maybe. Yes, my uncle to be. um, New family. Hashtag new family. (laughs) Um, And then as far as other background, let's see. So he was coach. He's a a, um, track and field coach um, for a few universities. Um, The ones I know, Corpus Christi. Um, Texas A&M and um, UTSA it is Texas. and Texas. Okay, yeah. it is Texas A&M. Yeah. And then also, you know, some of his his people have gone to the Olympics, so a long, illustrious career, as well as being a runner himself. Um, so cool. I almost made it to the Olympics. I only missed the team by 111 places. It was that close. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty close to a lot of people. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I that missed it by time. about... Yeah. Uh, 300 million people. Hey, yeah. <laughs> well, it was just like yesterday, 39 years ago. But anyhow, listen, Kenya, it's a pleasure to have you and the talented and lovely Danielle, your fiance, down visiting us here in Corpus Christi. Yeah. And you were telling me you talk about art, and this is something I've often thought about. If you look at it in the long term, you know, I, I've met many people, my wife, Beverly is especially interested in art. She does art constantly. Yeah. And, you know, she has the creative genius to keep turning it out as our house is kind of a storage locker of oh, yeah. various phases of art. She's Studio, done. warehouse, gallery, it's all of the above. Yeah. Which reminds me, actually, I owe her $5. I sold one of her pieces. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. This is lovely. And yeah. and that hits the, the nail on the head is how do you monetize your art? Because it's like, you know, there's several approaches we, you know, we take as a society. And I think most of the people that have been in the art, it's, it's merely, it's, it's a sideline. Yeah. It's what they do when they get done with their regular job, quote unquote. Yeah. And the people that have dedicated their entire lives to their art tend to be somewhat tormented uh, yeah. disjointed. I, I know that some of the artists uh, that I've met that have taken the leap, that support themselves by their art, usually are a little strange. Yeah. And uh, it, it's because life has not been easy for them. Yeah. So the question that we ask, that I have thought about, Daniel, you and I talked about it last time we were yeah. here, what if the government or some such entity would develop what they call a living wage, or basically the scenario is such that we are approaching the onset of massive advances in AI. In other words, one of the things that economists are worried about is like, okay, if you've got self-driving vehicles now, Mm do you have massive amounts of truck drivers that all of a sudden are redundant? Yeah. And so basically it is possible, not necessarily inevitable, 
but very possible we will need much less manual muscle labor than we have right now. And mm. the uh, impetus towards high tech has been the total reduction in labor yeah. involved in that, or human labor. It's interesting. I think where I go on that one, and I'm always evolving, and where I am on it right now, and it's kind of two questions. On art, I think art doesn't necessarily have to be monetized. So an artist wants money. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's another but thing. So you want to be an artist and you want to be an entrepreneur. But Those in, are two you know, in other words, we no longer have the Renaissance yeah. model where the patron is paying for the artist, you know, yes. like the Pope. Yeah. Uh, the popes that paid for Michelangelo's yeah. work or whatever, or Da Vinci. But, you know, the reason and, I talked about Monet, because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, an artist must live. They must yeah. eat. Where does their bread come from? And I think we still have a little bit of that model. There's still tons of people who are getting paid by the creator, who, by people who have homes or other people to make art, probably more than there were at that time. And then, of course, there's always going to be other people who create art that nobody wants to buy or that hasn't reached market yet. And I think that is tricky. But as far as the other, and I think we'll get back to that, but I really liked where you were going on the, um, uh, you know, if people go out of work to what, what do we do with that? And I think the cool thing about that is we as human beings, um, I don't think you could, I think it's going to be really hard to say that there's a newer model that's better than the human being. Because it's like, you know, at one point, um, you know, you needed thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people to maintain, you know, all the horses who are, sure. who are doing the yeah. carriage, you know, oh, yeah. the horses yeah. and carriage thing. Yeah. That industry got wiped out yeah, in, we, in a matter know, of we, we seem years. to have reassigned the people. Yeah, and, and I think and, that's what uh, we you do. Know, if you look at the demographic information, we've gone from about maybe 2 billion people in the world up to 7 billion yeah. at the present time. That's a problem. And I heard, no, <laughs> I, I'm very yeah. optimistic about it. I heard we're yeah. going to go up to 9 and then come back down to about 7.5. We're going to mm. top out there. They say and, yeah, people are having less kids. Yeah, in other words, what they found is, is, is uh, the standard of living goes up. As uh, especially women achieve higher education levels, yeah, uh, that you have a reduction in the rate of having kids. In other words, you've yeah. got India and Brazil right now, whose rate of population growth is below the replacement rate. Mm. In other words, and, and there's a fantastic sta- stat that I just love and gives me room for optimism. In the year yeah. 1800, yeah. Ninety-seven percent of the population of the Earth lived on four hundred dollars or less per year, just a little over a dollar a day in, in modern currency. Yeah. Now, as of twenty nineteen, that number has been reduced to less than fifteen percent, and in the next ten years, at the present rates, it's going to be down around five percent. We oh. have had a, in the last two hundred twenty years just an unprecedented reduction in the amount of world poverty, mm-hmm. and and we've done that without huge social you know, upheavals and yeah. stuff. And for instance, yeah, what, yeah. what one trend that, that people might not be aware of, they're, they're, they point this out as a weakness, but it's interesting is China has gone into huge amounts of debt. And basically what China uses as their meter, or if they're going to award, because they're, they're a command and control economy, it's an authoritarian regime. Mm-hmm. But what they choose to, to lend money to is not, what are you going to produce? Can you sell it? It's like, how many people can you employ? Mm. And the the deal is is that what I'm kind of maybe getting to is that our, our mode right now has been 
you employ somebody to directly make money and that's being productive. What if you had a different way that your money was judged in a slightly different category? So if you had somebody who produced art yeah. as creativity, that that is viewed as production, and yeah. you somewhat sever it from the ability to sell the art. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, lots of people make art, nobody buys it. Does that yeah. make it worthless? You know, and that's actually what most people end up doing. I think um, what we take for granted is when an artist, and that's why most of these careers are built around the people who do monetize the art. So an artist, traditionally, if they want to make money, you know, with their art, will go find a gallery or some other external, you know, thing. And those people monetize it in a number of different ways, especially now with, with media. Like, if you team up with a gallery, other than the fact that they're throwing parties with, you know, groups of people who have money sure. that they've already established, which is hard, why it's hard to get into a gallery, you can also think about their ability to create a website and then to have the photos on there and then to have ads on it. Now we've just started getting detached from the idea of you actually selling the art. Yeah. And then there's a million different ways like that. In other words, does, mm-hmm. does art have value beyond the amount of money you can make by selling it. Does art have value merely by displaying it? And that's the real thing. When it comes to deciding to be an artist, are you okay with what you're doing? Because being an artist is very much like being uh, a religious leader, in some senses, not all artists, um, but very much like being a religious leader or a mentor or a politician or something like that. And I think that's why it needs to be subjected to a very open market because uh, art is is like a physical opinion and not all opinions are good not all opinions are accepted so if you think you have an opinion that can benefit the world yeah you can go ahead and make it i think first you have to be satisfied with the fact that you were able to voice your opinion because that's that's really the main point of art and really you can support yourself doing other stuff you can get there's there's lots of nice jobs now it is art out of the way of the dilemma that I was kind of referring to, <clears throat> where we have all these sectors of society where, as happened in the horse and buggy age, yeah. you had the large number of people were declared redundant. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let's get rid of all the truck drivers in the world because now we got self-driving vehicles. Yeah. Let's get rid of many of the other muscle In other words, like when I was a kid, bailing hay was a major operation. Now... Yeah. You can do it in what I thought was being an impossible dream, an air-conditioned comfort, a one-man <laughs> operation. Yeah. Whereas before, you know, you had, uh, you know, one chief and probably ten Indians up there hauling or pulling, pulling around the hay and the bales and such. And, and yeah. as a result of that, you know, we've seen from the turn them, of the, the century. Groups, one chief and ten Indians? Well, that's what they called it where I was working. It was that's like, yeah, now, the problem was I always had too many chiefs, not enough Indians. <laughs> I was always an Indian. <laughs> but uh, the deal is, is that uh, uh, I can see if if we do not escape the gravity well. In other words, yeah. if we don't go out and populate the sun or the stars. Yeah, we've got nine billion people stuck on this planet. Yeah, and the more technologically efficient we become, the less need for the what is considered work, quote unquote, which usually has either a mental and more likely a muscular aspect to mm. it. We lose that, but rather than paying people to do nothing, yeah. you provide more of a, a living wage to artists, to people who actually are doing things, be it 
uh, you know, uh, painting, be it uh, music, be it writing, be it whatever, that is a value that's uplifting of the population as whole, and which is not what we currently see as work. You know, then the fact: can you sell the book? Can you sell the painting? Can you sell the music? Yeah. Do you, Am I am I doing a good job of explaining what I'm yeah. trying to think? And I, I'm trying to think about, you know, how we solve those kinds of issues. Because, you know, as an artist myself, obviously, you know, a major theme of my life, and it becomes a trope, it becomes, you know, a cliche, has been how to monetize my art. You know, sure. how am I going to make money? Yeah. And I think it would... We all like to eat. Yeah, and that's the thing. So it's not just about money. I think, so. and money means so many different things to certain people. If you make a certain amount of money, money means my ability to achieve, you know, like the stuff that I want. For a lot of people, for me especially, a lot of that journey was how do I get the very basic necessities? How do I allow people to um, let me live inside indoors with air conditioning and also be an artist, which isn't as big of a problem, you know, in like certain countries like Canada, um, where they do have a lot of things that let everyone that help people just achieve a baseline of life. And then it's up to you, you know, if you want to find out other ways to make more money. And I don't know enough about it, and I have real problems with their censorship issues, but up until recently, YouTube was allowing people to monetize stuff. Mm -hmm. In other words, I'm not not technically enough aware of it, but if you put put Kenyo's YouTube or your podcast on YouTube... There's ways you can make money from that. Yeah, and this podcast actually generates some money because okay. they're another platform, kind of like YouTube, where they uh-huh. put ads on it. So, and and this is something that you don't have to sell the ads. This is something that this organization does yeah, for you. Exactly. And as a result of the number of views, in other words, how entertaining mm-hmm. to the masses your podcasts are is, is yeah. How you, so, in other words, we're maybe moving in this direction already. We really are. We, we we really are, and I think it's going to get to the point, and that's kind of what I've based most of my business efforts around, is helping people realize where I think very quickly we're going to get to a point where um, there's very little middlemen. YouTube is a way better middleman than, say, you know, whatever uh, the studio. rich, so, yeah, uh, eccentric uh, millionaire was know, buying. A record art. company. Exactly, yeah, definitely better than the record company, and then before that, definitely better than, you know, the patrons of, or of, the, the, of Europe. Or uh, the book company. Yeah, the, exactly. The publishers. Yeah, yeah, the millionaires, the yeah. the McNay families who would buy up all the art and then, you know, die and turn them into museums. So YouTube is really good. I think we're moving more in the direction where people can be these independent. What, what's th- the name of the thing that... The this one is called on. Anchor, so Anchor. Uh, okay. it's one of the newer ones. Good, um, and then there's other platforms that allow you to do like GoFundMe and Kickstarter, which are even more abstract. Where you can say, "Hey, I want to. Can you fund? I just started a funding thing, which I didn't share with many people because I I do some stuff just out of research. But uh, I just started one of those funding things, and I did one a while ago, and I, I got like uh, a lump sum. Mm-hmm. Um, of money and it was a Kickstarter and I was like hey like I'm an artist so, and I want to fund the next if, season of my art who wants to if, give me if money if you for? put out an idea you've got people patrons per se yeah that will see that and will click on it and will yeah interesting and, and they wow. can decide if they like your ideas or if they like you they can help you promote your ideas so that it does exist it's still 
it's still very tricky, I think, because right now it's still based off of whether or not other people value your ideas. Mm-hmm. And when we're in a place, and that's when it becomes tricky. And so an artist needs to decide, mm-hmm. I think, what do I really want to do? Because if you're genuinely creating very new ideas, mm-hmm. then you won't have the support from anyone. Mm-hmm. Well, know? no, I mean, and this is a problem. This is why Van Gogh died, uh, you know, penniless and poor. Yeah. It's just like... One of my favorite artists, the man who wrote The Confederacy of Dunces, committed suicide before his book was ever published and it became, you know, a wonderful bestseller. Yeah. And that's the real, I think, truth of what it means to be an artist, where it is a sacrificial Well, that's just it, though. This is something I wanted to get to on the other end of this. Mm. If we were to create a system where it's relatively easy for artists to be funded and stuff, Mm-hmm. Would that diminish the art? Is suffering required to produce great art? In other words, the unhappiness of, of uh, Van Gogh or something yeah. of that nature. I don't know if suffering is, but loneliness definitely is. I think loneliness is definitely something that you you have to be okay with. If you Happy want to people do not create good art is what you're saying. Is that what I'm hearing what you're saying? It's and just not really. all the really powerful ideas are going to happen when you're alone. You know, the very original ideas. If someone had thought about it already, then yeah. you become you know an employee yeah. of an established system. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're really genuinely coming up with an idea that no one else has come up with before, you're going to be alone. And I think that's kind of, I think most artists, they go into it, or at least they discover it at a certain point, and that they either say, okay, I'm okay with that, or I'm not. For me, I'm kind of okay with it. Like, I also, on the side, that's why I put, the way I think of it is I put like 80% of myself into art, or something like that, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But then I do reserve another part where I'm like, okay, let me figure out this entrepreneur stuff. Let me figure out how I can use this to help. Um, I mean, not use this to help. The 80% of the art is to help. But let me figure out how I can put this in the right places to where I can make some kind of money. So it makes me not a pure artist. If I just wanted to dedicate myself to my ideas, um, and that's a luxury, it'd be great. Okay, well, if if you had a, a system, let's say there was a government program. Yeah. That says, okay, look, you know, we, we've got a problem where we, we, we have people that are somewhat idle. We yeah. want you, if you're willing to produce art, we will subsidize your efforts to produce the art. Yeah. Would that have a negative effect? No, I don't, I don't think so, but it wouldn't reach everybody. I don't think it would have a net. Well, it's kind of like 50. It's kind of 50-50 because then yeah. you have people who start to make art who aren't really, like, artists, yeah. they're not passionate about it. But I do think what y'all were talking about earlier about monetizing thing is people should start reaching out to, um, like, more companies. Like, you, like if you make yeah. a record and then you need, um, you know, art for the record, or mm. reaching out to businesses, like, dental offices that need, you know, all this type of stuff. Like, that's a way to monetize your art. And then, plus, like, you, you build these relationships with these companies. Yeah. If we turn, like, the idea of art is not just, like, oh, it's just creativity, this and that. Art is not something you see at a museum. Art is something else is what you're trying to say. Yeah, it can be, it can be whatever you want it to be. But I think yeah. going forward for people who want to be artists and they want to just survive off of being artists... They have to get some entrepreneurial skills as well. They have to go out and be like, hey, you know, I have this art. You know, there's tons of, you go to the doctor's office, there's art. You go, you know, people making albums, they need art. Mm -hmm. Book people need, uh, book people, authors need art. So it's just like, it's, some people don't want to do that because they feel like 
That is my art, and I just want to have a gallery. Everybody's not going to make it in a gallery, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I know it's the do have a, not more now. than a quiet desperation. I don't want to be in a gallery. Yeah. That fellow we met in Taos, this guy was telling us how much it cost him to hang his deals there. Mm. And basically, he almost grabbed us by the throat. It was like, buy something, please. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what makes me wonder is if you remove the desperation, do you remove the inspiration? Yeah. I, don't, I think you do create entitlement because just because you create art really doesn't mean that you deserve to because this society just wouldn't be sustainable it's still gone society wouldn't be sustainable if we funded anyone who just spent time making anything like it just it wouldn't work out then i think i think that's actually really um because the the i think what the benefit for me of not being able to just sell my art right away is it made me who I am today. I've come up with a bunch of different ideas just off the idea that I need to also survive. And I think that that does push people. There is a balance somewhere. I think there is a quantity of art that we should just let. There is a certain quantity where I think if people make a piece, like a whole piece, I think there should be a set rate. Um, But I think that a company should come up with that. It shouldn't be a government. I think a company should come up with a way, just like YouTube did, where every piece of art can be monetized. The government coming up with it, because on that end, you can look at kids who are like graduate students or they're getting their bachelor's in arts or whatever. They would like make them propose like some type of grant Mm -hmm. about, you know, their art, you know, their creative process. And then, you know, they, you know, they can get some type of funding so that they're not just out here desperately trying to just make art. So some people really make like extraordinary grants and their art will be, they'll have money to produce more art and they can help other people. Yeah. Hey, Bev. Can I ask you a question for the podcast? Okay. You've sold art. You've sold different pieces of art. Do you feel that the art you sold has been your best art? No. Okay. What do you think was the difference between what you consider the best art? I understand that. What do you consider (laughs) the difference between your best art and the art you sold? The best art you kind of want to keep for yourself and have around you. But what if you were pretty. I really don't want to sell. Art, you know, as a living, it's just something you do. Yeah. And for the people of the podcast, I think she said something very key. You know, she doesn't want to sell art for a living. And I think if you're really an artist, I think that's how most artists think. Because I don't write poems because I need, because I wanted someone to give me money. Mm -hmm. I wrote poems because I needed to spread the inhabitation of ideas that make me feel good and safe mm-hmm. i needed to have it around me i read my poems a lot and they make me feel good they're my house yeah. they're my but home that's a 50 50 perspective because yeah. half people they will put their blood sweat and tears in they'll sell that art just like yeah. the guy john moody who um he's on a tv show he made a, a painting for the white house and yeah. it was a really great painting he loved it but he sold it and now it's and that's for other people and I do yeah. that and as an artist I do that sometimes I make stuff for people to consume mm-hmm. but a lot of the times I make it for myself and I think that's why I, I just think that art first and foremost is for yourself I think when it becomes hey am I making a good that other people can consume first it comes from other people saying hey I like what you're doing that's cool and then it comes 
to if other people can actually say that I like their art and I can use it to create something of value for myself. I think that, and that has to be an important part of the artistic process or else, I don't know, you get to a a weird space where what is it really for? But it's hard with art because art is one of those things that we talked about earlier, not in this podcast, but in general. Mm -hmm. Because we're with my family, guys, today. Um, Sean did elaborate on (laughs) that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's my uncle and my aunt. So... Basically, it's not black and white. So everybody doesn't look at the artistic process as, you know, this, you know, creative outlet. Everybody doesn't look at art that way. They, I mean, you can't say that they artists should. Artists Yeah. Artists, what do you say, they should? They do. Not all artists. Just like all basketball players don't practice the same. Like, mm-hmm. if you have a position that you do or you have an idea that, you, that you're doing, you're not going to do it the same. The way somebody goes about doing art in your way and in their way it's going to be totally different so we can't generalize and say all artists do this and that because they don't I think they do first and that's what makes it a value to somebody else just like an inventor he says this is a problem they might have fixed it they they might fix it they notice it's a problem because it's a problem for them you know or that they did some kind of research and then they fix it and then they learn how to do that at scale and that scale is where you start putting work in that isn't art and that's why i think for a lot of artists they're not even interested in the scale cuz it's like if i go to scale now i'm becoming an employee of you know yeah. dave and rick and other that and what i really just wanted to do was create the art or create the thing like an entrepreneur might do in the beginning but then you say oh let me help people let me make something that can be of use and that's a whole different thing you're saying there's a balance between what you create for yourself and what you create with a mercantile (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think yeah there's a difference between what you make and then what you do as a service i think for a lot of artists they might find a job that's low impact on them like Something like I really loved doing the whole delivery thing for me, even though I only did it for like a month or something like that. For that one month, that was a really cool way for me to fund like money stuff while I continued to create art. And I think that, you know, there might continue that might be a more sustainable system. Create all the art you want, like just make it. um, And then if and then, you know, find a different way to fund it. Sometimes that comes together where the way that you fund your art is the same way that you make it. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily always going to be the case. What I was kind of alluding to earlier, as you see, as we as a society become richer, we have more leisure time, we have more labor-saving devices. For instance, if you look at the participation in sports of youth, of people now, all the way through their lives, whereas previously, if survival required to, to exist on that dollar 10 cents a day you were existing on or required you to labor 16 hours a day in the fields now we don't have that so much anymore and you see great numbers of people involved in sports and i see that the technological uh, as long as we don't you know fool ourselves uh do something foolish to ourselves we should have a continuing trend where we're going to have more time, more leisure time, mm-hmm. less manual work to do, so to speak. 
And so I think that we really need to look at something what's going on in the arts all across all forms of arts. Yeah. <clears throat> Just as, as uh, you know, uh, we've seen this, this explosion in sports, and it has great value to society. And I think that, uh, not that the arts doesn't already, but I, I, I see it as a possibility, because I, I think the biggest problem we've got is man's search for meaning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you've got the, 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 you know, the existence of God and beyond that, making yourself a, a good human being. But at the same time, so many people's lives revolve around their work. Mm-hmm. And as we have less and less opportunities for there to be work, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that work might become more something that we regard as the creative arts presently. Mm. Yeah. And that might be your purpose. And that's the thing is, you know, man is always searching for meaning. And at the end of the day, you know, like from my perspective, I'm going to do like what I'm purposed to do. And some people, they do just, they revolve their life around a certain career that they may not like or that they just need to support themselves. But like you said, as they have more leisure time and other things that we just are helping us to like have that extra time. Like, people can dive more into, like, what do you really want to do? You know, one one of the things is is that most people, now Social Security kicks in at 62 now. Mm -hmm. I mean, now it's being raised earlier because Mm -hmm. most people died at 62. Mm -hmm. Well, now people are living to their 80s. So all of a sudden you've got a whole cast of people, and I've talked to more and more people are retiring in their 50s, where you've got 30 or 40 years where, you know, like, Bev and I are in our retirement right now, that, yeah, we have the ability to go out and do and find meaning in creative activities like doing the arts. And I think that's going to be more, to become greater and greater. Which brings me to something really cool that you're doing right now, which is getting involved in politics, which to me is a very interesting, I I kind of regard that, especially right now in 2019, as, um, as related very highly to the arts. Um, I think when you get into the habit of creating ideas, and that's what a lot of what artists do, creating ideas and communicating them, um, and that can be useful and that can be um, applied intuitively in a society, which is what a politician does, that's, to me... Art art is communication. In other words, you hear a song, you read a book, you listen to a, you look at a picture... You, you look at a, a piece of pottery or some other form of artistic endeavor, what does that communicate? Whereas the, the use of speech, communication, rhetoric is one of the basic art forms. Mm-hmm. Now, in politics, if you look at it, you're supposed to be raising, helping the whole society to become better. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. You know, so yeah, there, there's an art form to it. So, yeah. Do you do you see a place where that that you're going into right now is sort of a fulfillment of what you're talking about? But you going well, into in, politics? in other words, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, I, I would find that much more fulfilling. You know, in other words, I'm going into politics because I, I think there's a need for it. Not that I particularly want to do it, but I think I've got the skill set that might make it worthwhile doing in other yeah. words you're saying in, in this particular instance i think i've got a vision that's a little bit different than some other people's vision for the particular instance of like uh, trying to be on the board of regents for that junior college but the deal is is like 
it's it's a way of looking at things that an artist looks at a piece of paper or a blank sheet of paper for writing or for drawing on or whatever, and you see they see something there mm-hmm. that other people don't see. Perhaps you know the same thing applies to the political arts. Mm-hmm. Is you see what's possible and what's not possible, mm-hmm. or that other people might not notice. What you're getting back to. And this is something I wanted to ask you earlier, shifting gears slightly. You know, you said an original thought. How many original thoughts do you really think there are in every hundred years? I think I think there's so many. There's or so many. Everything I think, derivative. I think there's so many that never get yeah. even touched. And I think that's what, um, because of the volume of media that at the 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 storage of media has, mm-hmm. you know. Because of the digital storage, I think has has grown, you know, exponentially. Sure. So well, we I have mean, so much more volume. Well, yeah. In other words, uh, who know whoever listens to all the podcasts. In other words, exactly. what, what gives uh, an idea, an original idea, original art, whatever, a creation value? In other words, if an original art creation falls in the forest and nobody here sees or smells <laughs> it, yeah. you know, was it worthwhile? Mm-hmm. As opposed to if it's hanging in the Louvre and that, you know, it's, it's seen by literally millions. Yeah. What, what gives art its value? Where does it, where I, does the value from art come from? I think that you, I mean, I think that the person who's doing the art has to establish the value of their piece or whatever they're doing or whatever they're communicating. Mm-hmm. You have to first establish that. It's the same thing about loving yourself in like society. You have to establish, even if, you made a painting or you did a speech and nobody liked it, but you were passionate about it and you researched it and that's what you believe, you put the value in sure. that. And you keep doing that because you're probably not the only one. I mean, just because a couple of people didn't like it doesn't mean that you don't stop oh, yeah. going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like you put you put the value in your art. Like when I do something, I put my value on it and I put my stamp of approval. If I like something that anybody says like, oh, I don't like that, Danielle, or that's not good. I can take constructive criticism, but when I'm passionate about something and I know that like, this is like, you know, a love project or something that, you know, God's giving me clarity about, then I think that you put the worth in the art. And if it doesn't come out the right way you want it and people don't receive it the right way, keep going. Yeah. Have have your podcast, have you gotten positive or critical criticism of it, or what's the response been like to your That's endeavors of your poetry or something? In other words, yeah. if, if you post something mm-hmm. yeah. online and you get negative responses. I don't get a lot of negative responses. I did get one guy who, uh, I, every now and then I'll get one, because I'm not exposed to like a huge volume of stuff. But like I'll, every now and then I'll get something. Like a couple years ago, I had a show. Um, but does that I, would that make you stop doing what you're doing? Let's say you oh, get a no, lot no. of negatives. Like, yeah, you know, but definitely not because the negative, and I think artists get this really soon, which is why a lot of artists will go controversial. The negative is just as good as the positive. Uh, it's just still, as you're good. You're still listening. You're still watching. As long yeah. as they spell your name right now. Huh? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Change is absolute value, and I think that is what really um, determines whether or not a piece of art. Is if it creates a change at any level, I think that you just have to measure the change and say, "What am I doing?" And I think a lot okay, of art. What do you mean by change? Because I, I, I can see there's good changes and bad changes. Yeah. What what kind of change? How do you define change, and what freaks? What kind of changes you're looking for? 
That's interesting. I think you have to define that. I think that goes back to. In other words, it's, it's like you know this. This gets back to to your existential situation where I personally, as a Christian, believe that, that there's change that is to the good, and there's change that's to the bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you can call it good and evil or whatever. You know, it's 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 like uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's to use an extreme case. I mean, an example of pedophilic pornography. Yeah. Some people call it art. To me, it's like, no, no, no. That's leading people down the wrong path. That's not yeah. good change. Yeah. And I so think, that's when you, when you talk about change, yeah. I'm saying, well, okay, there's change for the better and there's change for the not better. Or exactly. does that even enter into it? Or is this change and, for change? And the only metric we have for that is, you know, consensus. Because other than that, you know, it's completely up to, you well, know, Well, no. The, you know, in other words, it's, it's like, you know, to use what you said before, it's like... Um, Jason Pollock, whatever the mm-hmm. guy with the paint splash. Oh, yeah, Jackson. Jackson Pollock, sorry. Uh, I mean, I, I saw a movie about his life and stuff, and I looked at his art, and to me, his art sucks. But that's me. <laughs> yeah. But that was almost yeah. universally negative when he first came out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, the one man standing alone is like, wow, genius. That's later. what I was saying about, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, when you... When you, when so you I'm referring training. to your consensus comment. Yeah. Yeah. Consensus might not be the best. Yeah. Well, and see, and I think that with that, it gets a little bit more complicated. Because I think what made Jackson Pollock famous was definitely not the quality of what he put down on canvases. I think with a lot of artists, what you find actually made them famous was their position in a certain space and time inside of their artistic community. Okay. Um, and then that. and then some politics and like a bunch of other sure. things. Sure, where would Michelangelo be outside the Renaissance? Exactly. Would he have been born 200 years earlier? Exactly. Or where would Jackson Pollock be right now? Everyone would yeah. be like, okay, yeah, you're one of a million, you know, yeah. even though... Yeah. So, and, and because I think... And so there was an audacity inside of him. So it became more of his spirit that became popular. So you're popular. saying a change has got to be anchored in time and space because the same effect at a different time is not going to get the same response. That's really interesting. And what you just said is going to make me think for a long time. Well, so I, I don't even want know to how said to... it. I'm just... I'm <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that that's necessarily true, to be honest. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. there, there was a space for him there. But like I said, like... If you're destined to do something or you're supposed to be doing something at any time or place or mm. century or whatever it is, like yeah. you're going to get backlash. There's tons of – think exactly. about all the stuff that get backlash. People think that's crap and then like the yeah. person dies and, I don't and think, it's worth millions of sure. dollars. And Jackson Pollock I think would have been Leonardo da Vinci if he had been born in Leonardo da Vinci's yeah. era. And he would have been um, Kanye West if he was born in this era because what he brought to it – was an audacity within a system and a communication that was controversial mm-hmm. based off of the community that he was in. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, yeah, so, so, so the value of change that he was bringing was, let me change this whole industry. You know, he changed all of art um, in a time, I mean, art is always changing, but like he, he helped move it along just by declaring that, you know, his style or, or his approach was also valid in a time where the consensus was that what created value, uh, what what created value in art, you know, because of where well, he came, he was right before it was more expressionist, you know, something to, like to get back to an Aristotelian level. Mm-hmm. What's the telos of art? In other words, mm-hmm. what is the purpose of art? A knife's purpose has got to cut. If it doesn't cut, it's no good. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of art? 
think it's very similar to what you said about the knife, you know? It's not good if it doesn't cut. And that has to do with, I think, on a very... Um, but, I guess so, what I was thinking mm-hmm. about, does the talos of art relate back to the artist directly? In other words, mm-hmm. you, you cannot predict the mass effect of anything. You can't predict what her art is going to do f- for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Is it the whole purpose of art is the change it makes in the artist? Mm-hmm. I think it's the change it makes at a moment, which is very hard, and I think that's what makes a very great artist hard to achieve. Mm-hmm. How do you combine everything you're talking about and make it matter in this mm-hmm. single one moment? What makes a speech singularly great well, in the moment that the song? speech is... It's the same thing like with music. You can look at music the same way. Mm-hmm. People don't perceive music the same way. Some people, they, it speaks to them. Even, it's a the lot passage of, of time mm-hmm. with the popularity of something over a long period of time is that's what's important. Because we've all seen things that were popular and then they fade dramatically. Right. Yeah. But then you have things that have been popular over an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard to do. I don't know if anyone ever says to themselves, I'm going to make something that's going to last years. Well, no, but it, years. it's, it's no. the, the talos, the meaning of art. Mm-hmm. Is it in the creation itself or is it in the artist and the effect on the artist? In other words, the creation exists separate from the artist. In other words, you know, you, you, you can listen, if it's recorded, to somebody's song who's long dead. Yeah. Mm. You'd have no conception of what that person was like or what they meant, but you can listen to what their art is. Yeah, I think it's mm. more so. So does the art exist separately from the creator? I think it does. I mean, because creators are always changing, and you see, I just think that it's in the art. The art's going to speak for itself. It's not so much about the arts, because... That artist may go through like a bunch of different transitions, and mm. that piece may not, you know, speak to who that person is at that time anymore. But at that time, that you know, the art that he produced or she produced, you know, either sent a message or it was for a reason. So I don't really think that it, like it's all about the artist. I think it's about the art mm-hmm. because artists go through a bunch of different transitions. I think it's it's all about thinking about it. I think it's all about a person. Mm-hmm. I don't think that person always needs to be an artist, uh, the artist himself, but I think that it's going to be um, to combine kind of like both sides of that. It's always going to be the change on a human. Uh, I think that's what's going to determine. So if that's one person, because for me, that I feel that way very much. If I write one poem that commits, I mean, that helps one person mm-hmm. not commit suicide, and that's how I really think about my poetry in mass. Like, let's mm-hmm. say for the next 30 years, all I do is put out stuff, and every time I put it out, I get like one to two likes on, on Facebook, on Instagram. But then over the course of that time, one or two people, because I stay true mm-hmm. to what saved my life, and I keep putting that out, mm-hmm. and one or two of those people get saved from, you know, their depression, their anxiety or whatever, on like a very deep level, then that's it. You, Good. Well, you, you're given what you might say is a utilitarian viewpoint art. Mm. The purpose of art is the effect it has on the observer. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that be the artist himself or, or um, someone else. Yeah, I think this was a really cool one. So this is probably one of many, obviously, because you're going to be uh, in my life for yeah 
a long time. Nice. So thank you so much. Oh, wait, but you have to tell them a little bit. How do they, if they want to, like, find you or something like that? Oh, yeah, you can find me at Flanagan's Freedom Forum. It's on Facebook. That's right. I didn't even say that Flanagan's in the intro. Flanagan's Freedom Forum. It's, it's <laughs> a uh, uh, one-hour segment I got on Thursdays on uh, 1440 AM radio out of Corpus Christi on the Bob Jones Show. And I kind of explore a lot of the thoughts, a lot of the issues. This is a little bit more esoteric. It's more uh, related more to the art of politics, I guess you'd mm. say, that we talk about. But, uh, Kenya, mm. I want to have you on the forum sometime. I'd love to. And let's uh, really further explore the whole concept of art. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And I'm Kenyo. You know where you can find me, at Kenyo HQ on everything, and www.kenyo.org. I'll see you guys later. Peace.